Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And, and we I'm have so, an amazing so, episode for you this week. Wow. Just sorry, I just so cut excited. you off. I've, <laughs> it's okay. I'm used to it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my I, gosh. I always say, well, because I think it's funny, Brian, because we cut each other off a lot. And I, th- I say it's because we're fire signs, but maybe it's just because we're fucking Korean. We just, we're, maybe. We, we don't have any patience. We don't want to <laughs> wait in line. Bali, bali. Um, sorry, exactly. that's racist against my own people. I don't know why I said that. Um, if you're not <laughs> Korean, don't don't believe that. That was a joke. Oh, Koreans I was are just very going good to say at waiting patiently. That we should have one of those um, <laughs> those bells that they put in Korean restaurants at the table. We should like click it for when we want to speak. Oh, do, so do you know what I mean? Dong. Brian, Brian, Brian. No, no. Every bell in Korea always has that the fleur de lis. Did you know? Do you notice that? Like in Korea, when the trucks back up, instead of oh yes, yes, it goes faster. Like the closer you get to the truck. So for the non-Korean listeners, if you didn't know, Koreans, we are very melodic culture. We love classical European music. So if I want to interrupt you, Brian, I'm just gonna go like that. Then I'll then you'll know I want to say something. <laughs> and then for our ep- and for this episode, if I look at the analytics, I'll be like, wow, the uh, people seem to tune out after 10% of the episode. I wonder what's going on here. <laughs> it's just us being supremely annoying with our uh, with our acapella classical music. Stop. Uh, I want to. I, I did that because I want to introduce our guest this week. I wasn't even talking. What are you doing, Brian? <laughs> You're like, did it, did it, my turn. I wasn't even talking, Brian. <laughs> We've established. Interrupting me. I'm I a man, breathing. and I will interrupt you with the with the noise sound <laughs> that we've established to avoid this problem. It's it's part of my DNA. I can't help myself. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's introduce our guest um, <laughs> before yeah before there's too many of the flirtily interruptions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, listeners, uh, just a heads up: our guest requested that to make her intro very chill because uh, I pulled her bio. I, I pulled her introduction from her bio and. The first sentence on our website says, Elizabeth Edo is a 15-year veteran of the animation industry. And when you have 15 years under your belt, it's there's a lot of accolades there. So this is my attempt to make it as chill as possible. So y- you know your favorite animated shows like Adventure Time, SpongeBob SquarePants, wow. Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. Wow. She's involved. She's She's a big hitter in the industry, and she's been involved in creating those hits. But she is also the creator of the Peabody Award-winning series City of Ghosts on Netflix. Listeners, give your ears for Elizabeth Edo. Hey, thanks for having me on your show. This is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> how was We're that so on the? Uh, to have you. Was that a chill intro? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that was, was really that pretty chill. That was good. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> That's- those are like some like very uh, what's iconic shows that you've worked on. Yeah, uh, that- some of them are really surprisingly like they became iconic. Like I think when I was working mm. on Hotel Transylvania, I didn't even know if we were going to finish it. So 
Um, I'm glad <laughs> really? it's popular. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I love those movies. I'm a big fan of Hotel because I'm like you know I'm like a secret goth. I feel like in my soul. Oh, nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I I love those movies. I really love because you know I have an eight year old son and sometimes he'll watch some of those shows and I'm like oh I fucking hate this but like some of them are really good yeah adventure time spongebob so Hotel good. transvania those are among my favorites uh, with, with shows like adventure time and spongebob square pants like i think we all understand that there is a uh a signature you know wackiness like a that there's a certain <laughs> flavor to it that is very yeah. unique to those shows at the offices of those shows and the people who write on those shows are involved in the show in some capacity are they equally as like wacky slash strange uh i mean i think spongebob was i wasn't really like so involved mm -hmm. with the tv show but i knew a lot of the people that worked on it like the, the uh -huh. very first spongebob stuff um and there are a lot of shenanigans <laughs> on that show. Um, I love Adventure it. Time, like, you would be pretty surprised, I think. I feel like that crew was a lot quieter, maybe just, like, wackier on the inside. <laughs> okay. Um, which yeah. kind okay. of, like... Yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, I'm so interested to understand the flavor of, like, all of the writer's rooms for these shows. And, you know, when um, I was... Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I was just going to mention the show Ren and Stimpy. Like I saw that when I was very young, <laughs> extremely yeah. traumatic, way too young to be watching a show like that. It is a very creepy show. And then I think like a few years ago, I, I like read it. some yeah. Reddit thread where like the animator and creator of the show is also just a total weirdo. And there were some oh yeah I interesting think, um... allegations. And I'm like... <laughs> Okay, kind of checks out because that show has a what, has a what has a vibe too. What are the allegations? Uh, just it was no. a lot of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like just to be simple about it, I think like when Me Too was in full force, um, uh, that was yes. one of the like. Just it's not even gossip; it's just stuff that you knew happened with that guy where you were like yeah. when's that one gonna drop because right, um, right yeah everybody kind of i mean it's like all of the stories like every everybody sort of knew about that particular person oh um, okay and i think so like an open secret yeah i mean yeah it's not surprising it didn't even feel like a secret it kind of felt like why hasn't that come up <laughs> yet before even me too i was just sort of like right this is, right this doesn't seem okay <laughs> but like i don't i don't have the 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 power <laughs> to do much about it i don't know but um elizabeth we're so excited to have you on this show thank you so much for doing it yeah there was like a hard i'm doing a hard pivot there because i i brought up ren and stimpy <laughs> and then the vibes got weird it got real it got real dark real quick yeah I it's kind of like the show so i mean it's all yeah it's understandable <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, but even Rocco's Modern Life, like, <laughs> it wasn't until I was an adult, like, oh, he was a love line operator. Strange choice for a children's show. It was very adult. It was very, very adult. You I know what? Rocco's I didn't even realize Life, that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, I didn't know that was his job either. Yeah. He, he was like a love line operator. Wow. They they really, they, they were really on one back then, huh? <laughs> they did not yeah. care about our, our, they did not care about us. <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life was cool, though, because they did have, like, this one, I think it was, like, a two-parter uh, episode where they talked about what it's like to, like, run a run a cartoon show. 
And it, mm. it's like really funny when I was a kid. And then it was really funny like when I was working because it was fairly accurate. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's the uh, that's the 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 binary in society is you were either a Disney kid and you were watching uh, appropriate <laughs> aged content that taught you like, you know, useful human skills or you were watching Rocco's Modern Life and Ren and Stimpy. And <laughs> now in, you're just traumatized and we're exposed to adult themes far I'm too not young. Gonna tell you, I'm not going to tell you which one I was, but I think we all know. <laughs> we all know. Um, but uh, Elizabeth, before we ask you how you're feeling, young me, how are you feeling? All right. So more COVID shit. I know no one. Well, here, here's the thing. More COVID shit. I was going to say nobody cares because everyone talks about this all the time. But this is actually something that nobody talks about. You know, there's been a lot of like, I don't think there's been a lot of like official studies about COVID. I, I just had COVID, Elizabeth, just so you know, like I just got better. Um, I think my last day of quarantine was it's been five at least five days since then so um there i don't know if there's been a lot of like official studies done on this but there's been just like people that have periods that talk about this how it's really affected periods and mm. of course no one gives a fuck because nobody even cares about people that have periods no one ever there's literally human humankind knows nothing about the period they're just like oh, this happens and we who cares <laughs> and like shut up stop whining about it like you're not in pain um so then right after i got over covid i got my period and it was literally the worst pain it was like at least two days of excruciating weird period pain i had non-stop nausea for almost mm. like it, it's actually i woke up and i still had it like all last night i would wake up in the middle of the night like on the verge of wanting to throw up and i don't get nausea with my period i had it all day yesterday all day last night i have it this morning um i just it's like it feels fucking weird it feels like my organs are shutting down and it's like oh the yeah and then like the day that i had really bad cramps and i was like really lethargic which i think was two days ago i was like it's so periods in general even outside of covid are so interesting because they're so painful and like i said people don't really take it seriously because it's like a quote unquote woman's issue but there have been times where i had period cramps and it feels very similar to to labor <laughs> like you're in that much pain oh and you're just expected to what? go fucking work yeah well because labor is the same feeling as your period because it's the same um hormone that's uh uh moving and contracting you're having contractions in your uterus <laughs> I, i'm just evidence of how little Brian. society Ew. is like taught us i'm like what <laughs> You mean you, that's just happening <laughs> every <Brian's> month? Brian's like, I know you're talking about period, but wait, no, is that insane, Brian? Isn't that so interesting? No, yeah, no, not, it's not interesting. Yeah. I feel awful. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like you're having like basically contractions, and you know, people say when you give birth, it's really painful and it's really hard to describe, but it literally just feels like a contraction, except it's all the way up in your lungs because your uterus is filled out until your it fills your entire torso instead of 
just a fist. So Brian's losing his mind right now. So, so, so instead of having a contract, so instead of having like a period pain, like in your lower abdomen, you're having it in your entire torso, and that's what labor feels like. But oh my god, I'm saying that sometimes when you have your period, and if you've never, you know, had a child, you can rest assured that you you're experiencing a pain that a lot of people go through during childbirth. Like that's how painful some periods are. And I just feel like people need to know more. People need to know what we're going through during that time. Cause you know, you always hear this like, Oh, stop whining. What are you on your period? Mm. Bitch. I feel like I'm in active labor. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get some time off work. <laughs> wow. You know, young me as a man, yeah, I, this is really illuminating. You know what you just described. I, I imagine it must feel a lot like when my favorite basketball team loses in Game Seven Stop. of the NBA Finals. It's like exactly like that, right? It's not <laughs> as painful as that, Brian. That that's way that's just excruciating pain. So it's 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 not as bad as that, but. Um, yeah, so anyway, and then also with the COVID thing, like nobody's, there's so many women. I, I mean, you see Twitter blew up about it. People are like, hey, has yeah. anyone noticed that their period is fucking weird? And we were like, yes. Is anyone going to like look into this? No. Okay, whatever. <laughs> that is wild. It's, it's so interesting. Isn't that wild? Well, no, I was going to say I'm scared for like the scientific findings for these like for these longitudinal studies that they're going to do on COVID. Because I'm, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Like ten years from now, there's gonna be like a Harvard Medical Journal like article about like COVID causes like debilitating neurological uh, dysfunction. Oh, yeah. Like in uh, after the age of seventy, it's like oh well, well oh, we're shit. fucked. Oh well, we're fucked. <laughs> you it's know, there's really gonna weird. be like some man. Yeah, sorry. It's really weird because I, I like related. I remember when I got the vaccine, like. Uh, my period came like right away, like right after I got the vaccine. And yeah, not like, I mean, women, some women were talking about it, but in general, it seems like something that people didn't talk about where it's like, why did that happen? Can somebody explain? Like, yeah. I don't know. No one talks about it because no one cares. And I, and I like also learned that, did you know that I, I did not look into this? So I just saw it on the internet and then I believed it. But do you know when they do like drug trials, <laughs> they only do them on men or something? Did you hear what? that? Yeah. I had no because idea. Because they need to like, <laughs> apparently, yeah. Okay. That's why like, what are your yeah. sources on this? <laughs> I, I saw it on the internet. <laughs> no, but I, I think it's true. It, it was like an official like doctor or somebody said it. And they were like, yeah, that's why um, there's all these like, uh, problems with medication for women and that's also why it took forever for them to like I guess figure out this isn't even I don't think this is related this is another <laughs> this, I'm, this is I'm not trying to tie this together but do you remember <laughs> when they they found out that if you um, take the morning after pill and you weigh more than a hundred and I think 50 pounds it doesn't work <laughs> wait they what? never like yeah okay th <laughs> this is the episode where spotify is gonna put a label on our podcast for like you know warning like misinformation Pseudo, possible. misinformation <laughs> fake news no no that those are two true things somebody else google it but i i, I saw it on the internet oh I'll look at it right now brian how are you feeling <laughs> that's how i'm feeling um, misinform misinformed how how are you feeling um i am feeling 
I'm feeling quite grounded these days, and um, but I wanted to touch on something that. So these past few weeks, I have been uh, putting together a. You know, I've been writing a lot for this upcoming deadline, and oftentimes mm-hmm. when I have to uh, fulfill writing deadlines, I immediately um, panic and start to feel very insecure because I'm just not very confident about my writing. And mm-hmm. um, um, this, but but this time around, uh, w- with the encouragement of my uh, wonderful girlfriend, um, I've been reaching out for help a lot more than I usually do, especially when it comes mm-hmm. to my writing. I'm so insecure and I don't want to share it with anybody. And oftentimes with most of my creative endeavors, I just do it in solitude because I'm like, mm. I don't need anyone. I'm going to lone wolf this like I'm. I'm I'm just going to do it all on my own and I'm going to get it. And, uh, you know, this time I've been very proactive about collaborating with people and asking people for help and asking people for notes. And I don't know, people have been very receptive and very, very helpful. And uh, it, it's just a really, really nice feeling that I have, like, you know, friends and colleagues who are willing to take the time to to help me in this capacity. And it, it still feels a bit uncomfortable, but I'm feeling a lot of gratitude and feeling pretty grounded. Yeah. I don't know if you two can relate. I'm not, I'm, I'm very like, I get really weirded out about asking for help, especially when it comes to like creative projects. Mm, yeah, I do. Wait, so is it like, do you feel insecure about your writing and you don't want them to see it? Is that why? Or... Is that's a part of it that's mm-hmm. a part of it and then the other yeah the other that's the main reason is like i don't want to mm-hmm. share it and then i feel like they are going to uh think i suck or like perceive me mm-hmm. negatively for it but almost always like after i receive these notes like the end product is so much better like i can see it like transforming mm-hmm. with each uh uh with, with 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 each source of input that i'm receiving on my writing and you know i look back and at the times that i've like fulfilled deadlines and haven't asked for any help and i submit it, i'm like this is there's just no chance that this is any good cuz i'm not getting any feedback on this so but, when but you it doesn't he- come when you get the feedback so when you get the feedback how does that feel does that feel okay for you or do you feel kind of like uh, yeah i i feel it's totally fine for me you know honestly like when it comes to constructive feedback and criticism like i don't i don't it doesn't like yeah it feels bad but i'm the net is so great that i it doesn't bother me it's just that initial push mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. reaching out to someone and i feel like it's so uh in, it's i'm inconveniencing them because let's face mm-hmm. it like I've I've received like short films and scripts to review and I say I'm going to do it and then it just like evaporates out of my mind and I forget to and it's, it's not a I, I don't do it intentionally but um yeah it's mm-hmm. I don't know I'm learning to embrace like collaboration more and mm. putting myself out there. Oh, I'm proud of you. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. <laughs> Stop, Ryan. Oh, thank you. I also you. feel like people, some people like doing that though. Like some people like um like that like helping you edit or there are people that actually enjoy it i think yeah absolutely yeah. i th- I think but i also think because it's it's we trained doing stand-up and stand-up is so mm-hmm. solitary you know <laughs> mm-hmm. 
like compared to other forms of comedy like sketch comedy or improv comedy where it's fundamentally very collaborative but stand-up's like yeah it's just me and my thoughts and me on stage and it's all me baby yeah that's so funny though i i think of it like i i would assume that that would make you like in a way like more open to to like showing people your writing because like to me like stand-up comedy you're so like in front of people (laughs) I don't know you're like bearing your creativity on stage to people in a way that like to me I'm like that's terrifying (laughs) I don't know I don't think I could ever do that you know yeah I don't yeah I don't it, it is a weird uh yeah it's a bit odd because it, 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 it's illogical. I, I don't know how to explain it. I think with my writing, mm. it's... Um, I, I, my, I think my writing is more precious. With stand-up, there is an understanding that uh, you, you're allowed to fail in a way. And I think audiences understand that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just like an exposure therapy thing. You just get used to bombing sometimes and that's the nature. Obviously, like if you do a big show and you're doing your best jokes and you bomb, it does feel very bad. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Writing to me just feels so much more uh, precious because there's, there's other variables involved in stand-up. Like maybe the writing is good, but I wasn't performing it well or... Uh, I didn't address something strange that happened in the room that could have like um, dispelled the tension in the room. But with writing, it's mm-hmm. like you tried your best on this and judge this just for the w- words that are printed on this paper. Well, Sorry, I'm just... glad that you are reaching out for help. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am a 32 year old man. I'm just realizing that collaboration is good. <laughs> um, but uh, Elizabeth, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good today. I mean, uh, I'm a little jet lagged. I, I went on a, um, I went to this festival in Annecy, France that animation people have. Uh, well, I mean, they used to have it Whoa. every year, but uh, since like COVID, they haven't had it for like in person, I think for a while. <laughs> um, wow. But yeah, I mean, other than that, like, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty chill week. Like um, some weeks are, have been, less that than others so i'm trying to just appreciate when it doesn't feel like uh a million bad things are happening <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing wow an animation Thanks. festival in france yeah it's in annecy which is like a it's kind of like a i think like a touristy resort town because it's by this like mm. beautiful yeah. clean lake um and everything mm-hmm. around there kind of reminds me of like sound of music <laughs> so it's like that kind of visual you know uh but it's also strange because you know you fly all the way out there and then you kind of run into the same people that you that i would like run into in, at, in burbank here which is <laughs> like really mm. really weird like oh there's is- that co-worker former co-worker there's that executive or i don't know it's, yeah it's really strange <laughs> Is it a pretty so uh, litty tie? Like, is it? Does it get pretty raucous? <laughs> like, do people like party and like let loose? I think some people do. Um, it's like, it's really like odd though because the the type of alcohol that they're known for is like rosé, rosé wine. So, mm-hmm. which like here, <laughs> I mean, 
if somebody asks for a rosé, they can expect to get roasted, I feel like, out here. So it's, it's like, really right, weird right. to get used to, like, ordering that as, like, the thing to drink. Um, uh, I think, like, similar to Comic-Con, sometimes they have, you know, studio parties and stuff like that oh, that nice. can be raucous. Um, my personal taste is to is now to not go to those things because I don't I don't want to see everybody from work at a party really but yeah Mm. (laughs) who gets like the most loose like what show like is it like the Spongebob crew I don't know (laughs) people there Uh, I'm trying to think like like, Simpsons people yeah for for Annecy I would say it's like um a lot of like the commercial or smaller animation studio houses, like uh, mm-hmm. there's this one studio called Passion Pictures that I think, mm. I think they usually have a big party. Um, I think mm. the animation studio Titmouse would sometimes have these like, like a party on a boat, <laughs> you know, nice. or it's like wow. kind of loud. Awesome. Um, but this year, I don't know. I think the the vibe was really weird. You know, it kind of usually depends on like what studio is doing the best at the time. We'll probably have like mm. the the glitziest party, but I'm not really sure who's doing the best right now. <laughs> wow. Mm. Mm, so you know, all right, rest in peace, Arthur. The show has ended. Now that Arthur isn't on TV anymore, Annecy France Festival total dud. Very lame. <laughs> Not a coincidence. <laughs> I, w- I would love that though if it was like a PBS animated show that just partied like so fucking hard. Woo, <laughs> Arthur. Woo. Can you imagine? Arthur so crew funny. is here. <laughs> Time to do oh, some shit, ketamine bumps, Arthur everyone. Yeah. <laughs> they should all have like shirts with that fist fist meme on it. <laughs> it's like Arthur's yeah. fist. You know? yeah. <laughs> Arthur has the best memes, I have to say. I don't know how that happened, but... Arthur and SpongeBob. SpongeBob memes are undefeated. (laughs) Undefeated. Always making me laugh. I know. (laughs) Is Is it like... I guess you have no control over that. I mean, but is that a consideration for animated studios these days of like the memeability of a show? I think for some people it is. I think definitely like as time went on, it was like more of a thing that... Mm-hmm. was thought about um I think for me it's like my interesting story about it is just that like on Adventure Time there's a lot of memes <laughs> that came out of it uh right and I think like you don't I mean I wasn't really thinking about it when I when I'm like writing anything for an episode you're kind of just trying to get through it mm-hmm. uh and mm-hmm. there were like a couple things that I think turned into memes where I was like Oh, yeah, I guess that that makes sense. Like, um, I was talking to a friend of mine about how I think she said, oh, yeah, one of my passwords is like based off of Adventure Time. And I think I was like, oh, is your password like whatever's 2009? And she was like, yeah, now I'm going to have to go change my password. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm responsible for that, that phrase in that particular episode and it's it's just like I looked it up and yeah there's somebody that that I think like I think it's even wrong in the meme it's like whatever it's 2009 and I was I think I had just written it trying to think of like what would a what would like a millennial girl have as her like password for getting into a getting into her kingdom right. um right so, yeah so it's funny 
it's strange to be like the origin of certain memes and then see it become something that people identified with somehow. <laughs> wow. Right. You, and there's like no way that people would know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's even me. Wow. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I see it come up and I'm like, oh, you guys like that one. <laughs> I wrote so because that. of yeah. you, Joe Biden has had to change the password to the nuclear codes. <laughs> yeah i hope I like, so i hope it was whatever's 2009 at some point <laughs> it is it was it was he's gonna listen to this and change it he's like dang it other people had the idea too dang um well elizabeth you know based on uh your show city of ghosts the first question we wanted to ask you is uh do you have any personal encounter like do you have any personal ghost encounters yeah um I feel like I've told this story too many times, so I'm going to try to tell it in like a different way. But like um, uh, when <laughs> in I was a chill way, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, un- in an unrecognizable way. So I'll like perform it. Um, but my when I was little, like six years old or so, um, my so I, I had a great grandmother who had passed the previous year, and she had her her birthday was on a leap year, um, and so this mm-hmm. one. This one evening, <laughs> evening, it was like nighttime and I got up in the middle of the night um, to go to the bathroom. And I just I was really scared of doing that when I was little, I think, because like, honestly, I was scared of the the loud noise the toilet makes when you flush it. <laughs> um, mm. So I was like going to the bathroom and I, in the hallway, I thought I saw like this foggy shape. Um, and so I like yelled out to my parents like, hey, there's a ghost out here. Somebody help me. And um, somebody yelled back, like, just go to bed, like, finish up and go to bed. Uh, So I did that. Um, And then the next morning, like, I came out and I think my dad was like, "Uh, so you saw a ghost? And I was like, yeah, I thought I saw this thing in the hallway. And I guess he had gotten up earlier to go to the bathroom. And he said, like, oh, yeah, I saw the same thing. But then I was too scared to (laughs) to come out. What? yeah um but like we talked about it and i was like that's it's i mean it's cool that he he told me and he didn't just lie about it but um like uh, yeah and then the the after making city of ghosts or like a family friend who used to come to visit all the time said oh yeah i heard you talking about that story and i totally remember Mm -hmm. like coming over to to your house um the day after uh, to see your dad and I looked at the like corner and there was this like he had this camera set up um, facing like the corner of the room and I asked what? him like what's that about and I guess like he had thought if it came back um, he would have like a really discreet way of like capturing it on film <laughs> without disturbing it with this camera because he had some really like high speed <laughs> film in there um, right. So it's just I don't know. It's just like a really funny like uh, circle of a story where like our family friend even remembers sort of like it happening. <laughs> mm. That is very wow. That is creepy. That's so but, funny that your dad saw the ghost. But also and he very didn't funny. He's <laughs> like, never. Yeah. Nope. I'm not. Just go. Just go back to bed. You will be fine. Later on, he's like, Yeah, I saw the ghost too. That's why I didn't come out and help. I didn't want to that feels like such a yeah. dad activity though just like yep, yeah gonna just set up a camera here in the corner and catch a <laughs> catch this ghost don't mind me <laughs> <laughs> won't come out to help you wow. but i'll set up a camera to take a picture of it 
Yeah, just and you think it was your great grandmother? Yeah, because um, mm. I think like the night that it happened, it was like a like her birthday, like a leap year, and mm. uh, oh. <laughs> interesting. Oh, I see ghosts that, all the time. I've already told know, yeah, Bri- yeah. we've we've had an episode about it. I see That's them so all cool. Time. Or scary. I don't know. If if you don't want to see I, them, I, I then find that kind of frightening. <laughs> what do your ghosts I, I've look had, like? I a, yeah, I've had like I see them so much that there's a diff, there's a whole lot of different things. A lot of times it looks like real people, and I'll catch it out of the corner of my eye, and it, it will look so real that I'll be like, "Oh, that was somebody," and then I'll go look, and there won't be anybody, and then I'm like, "Oh my god, that was a ghost." It just looks like somebody, you know? Yeah, but like. Are the ghosts yeah. that you see ever doing modern things? Like like maybe holding no. a selfie stick or something? <laughs> no. No, the scariest... Uh, this one was kind of scary, but it was in broad daylight. The scariest thing was this person was standing... I was in a Dwayne Reed, like in a, a pharmacy, and there's big sliding glass doors. And I saw like an old grandma standing in front of the glass door. And she was like looking in and I was like, oh, the door's broken. And, and for some reason, it's not opening for her. So I looked at her. And in the second, I saw that she was like a little girl with like an old grandma face. What? And then like she disappeared because so the ghost was standing in front of the glass door and it wouldn't open for her because she was a fucking ghost. And she was looking in the glass to see like what what it was. And I realized it was a ghost because she was old and young at the same time. Like she had no age. She was like all of her ages at once because it was her spirit. Oh my gosh. And she needed to go to Dwayne Reed to buy some moisturizer for her face. She was like, why isn't this door opening? And she was that looking so confused. So scary. Yeah. She was looking so like, like looking in like confused, you know? And I, oh, I was man. like, oh, it's because the door, like in, in the, I was like about to tell the, cashier i was like oh the door's not working there's a grandma out there and then i realized it was a ghost <laughs> like shit like that wow. Ugh. gives me the heebie-jeebies <laughs> um but you know for your show city of ghosts uh, you recently won a peabody award and that speaks for itself your show is critically acclaimed and widely loved <laughs> Thank you. but unfortunately it's been canceled by netflix what yeah, the hell? Did, like, what? What is going, going on? on how on Netflix's end? How? Well, like, I thought about that, like that question of like how to, you know, how do I explain it? Um, one thing that I think it's it's hard because it, it's always framed a certain way. So, like on the surface, it looks like they decided to not make any more. You're totally canceled. But I think. At the very beginning, like when we started making the show, and this is the same for, I think, most of their shows and a lot of animated shows in general, um, sometimes they decide, like, at the beginning, we're going to make two seasons Mm -hmm. of that show from the Mm -hmm. beginning. So they'll release one season, and then when the second season comes out, it, it seems as if, like, oh, they got greenlit for a second season, so they made another one. But it's usually, like you already knew that at the beginning. And then maybe if after that Uh, second season, you know, they won't get a renewal. So it'll seem like they were canceled after two seasons, mm, but they were really only canceled after their first thing. So um, that's one thing. Um, I think like, yeah. And I think so for like all the shows that started around the same time as mine, where people started making them around the same time as me, um, 
that was sort of built in. Like I, I didn't, I didn't ever really think of it as like, this is getting canceled. It was more like, oh, they're not renewing this and they're also not renewing those other ones. But people don't mm. really see it that way because they don't know that at the beginning of that show, they, they just got greenlit for more stuff <laughs> than, than mm. I did. Right. Um, so that part of it is like, okay, well, um, practically speaking, it still sucks, <laughs> but we're not making more. Um, I forget what the other part of it I was going to talk about was, but um, yeah. And I like, oh, I, I think like during the process of making it just like, I, I mean, I was just trying to get the show done. So I wasn't paying too right. much attention to like the vibe of the studio and what they were after and all that mm. anymore. Cause like you've already said, you, you want me to make this, so I'm going to finish it um, and try mm-hmm. to cancel out the noise. But there definitely was this sense that, like, when I came in, there was sort of this, like, uh, blue sky approach to it. Like, let's, mm. let's make your dream show. Um, let's make a new kind of studio that operates a different way. All of these things that were really appealing to me. But I think, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Netflix as a place, it's just, it's like, they're constantly changing what they want to do because they're trying to Mm. um, like, I mean, at their heart, they're a tech company. So I feel like they're always Mm. operating that way where like tech companies are just like, I mean, in my opinion, there's a lot of turnover and like people and, and like the, the way Mm. the places run. Um, And it's no different for Netflix. So I think like in the middle of me making that show, there was like this shift happening to, I don't know if this this way of making shows in general is going to be successful or what we want from having animation made through mm. Netflix. Um, so mm. I think once you get to the point where like my show's out and they're deciding, you know, what to do with it, I feel like they already kind of decided. It's just like nobody knew my show <laughs> existed before that. So there wouldn't be a like a way for them to explain like, oh, well, we decided while she was working on that, that we actually just wanted a lot more viewers. We don't necessarily need mm. like the, this, this like niche category of something. We're really just looking for how can we get the most eyeballs onto our platform. Um, mm-hmm. And like other things kind of show that, especially on their live action side, you see the things that like blew up and then got another thing going for it. And it's just right. it's stuff that just like right. kind of was like, viral essentially you know oh that's so frustrating though because like eyeballs is not a fair assessment for the value of a piece of art i think it (laughs) flattens creativity and it's overall just terrible for uh, just for art in general yeah um and like this is like a you know like a like a separate thing but um one of the tough things for me was like during everything that happened, uh, like pandemic, all of that, You c- there was so much push at the beginning of it for like, this is the time where we change the way we work or we, we're going to be super diverse and we're going to do all this stuff and we're going to donate to all these things. Um, right. But then like, I mean, I remember talking about this with a friend, like, what do you do if like, the eyeball so like you know it's kind of like in the news that one of the popular things on Netflix was like Boss Baby or like Coco Melon mm-hmm. or like things like that you know and a Jurassic sure. Park which already sort of had a following but with the first mm-hmm. two 
the 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 sad question is like, okay, so if you get the most eyeballs on these shows that are about <laughs> like these glistening blonde babies, mm-hmm. is that all you're gonna make, or are you still gonna make mm-hmm. like your kind of like artsy <laughs> diverse content? And I feel right. like we got the answer. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we're gonna make the thing that like a ton of people the watch. Eyeballs have. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I think you bring up a very interesting. Um, uh, point there because there is you know companies were like well now we're gonna have this push for diversity especially in 2020 after all the riots and the protests sorry not rights um and but then they were they're at their heart they're corporations and their companies and they um want to make money and to to do the social work to get to the bottom of why there are more eyeballs on shows that feature white characters or white people that is going to take a lot of work that we have to do as a society that is not going to be done by corporations looking to make the next dime. You know what I mean? Like they're going to just be like, we, we can't fix the problem when we get to the rotten fruit. We, we have to get to the root of it. And Netflix isn't going to fucking do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're, but also I really like how you, you um, framed Netflix as a tech company because I feel like, I forgot that. But obviously, oh, yeah. it is, and it's run it's by fang, tech it's people. It's one of the fang companies. You know? <laughs> no, Facebook, I, I Apple, understand Netflix, that. Google. No, I understand yeah. that, Brian. But I'm like, because they're so much like we're an entertainment. We're like Hollywood. We're like that kind of yeah. entity that I forget that the people that run it are just fucking tech nerds that don't have mm. friends. Yeah, <laughs> and they don't Absolutely. know what kind of movies you want to watch, <laughs> and and that makes sense. Like that, that's why. Like recently, with all the shit that they're trying to do, and people are like, "Why are they doing this?" Like they don't know. They're like losing so many. I'm like, oh, because they're like trying to shake it up in like a tech way. I think. Yeah, I think that. I mean, overall, it, we. I feel like as a society, we just need to like reevaluate how, like, reevaluate art. And like what its impact is. And when we have these like tech companies doing that, at the end of the day, it's just like mm-hmm. dollar signs and eyeballs. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I love a Mission Impossible. I love Jurassic Park. Like, it's nice to just shut your brain off and enjoy some explosions. And that has its value. But if you <laughs> Ryan the, loves like Boss Baby, <laughs> right. But like over time, you yeah. know, Youngmi and I were talking about this before we started recording. Like, if you look at, you know, the, the film, like, if you look at uh, someone like Wong Kar Wai, like, I'm sure his films didn't do that great by Netflix's standards. Like if it were streaming or if it were at the bo- playing at a box office, mm-hmm. like by that standard, he wouldn't get funding for another film. But like 20, like 20 years after, 30 years after these films have been released, people are still talking about the cultural influence and the impact like his films have made to uh, directing and cinematography and it, I think it's just a bit unfair. And I think Netflix does have a problem of mm-hmm. prematurely um, not renewing shows because sometimes like things you get cold classics that way. Like it takes a little bit of time for word of mouth to spread. And if you're canceling mm-hmm. something after a season, like you don't even let something. And especially with the show like City of Ghosts, like you it, it want a Peabody where that's like the highest accolade in journalism. So you have, <laughs> yeah, you have proof. You have the validate, like you have proof that this is a great show. Yeah. It's, I think like I had just wished that, and this is, this also speaks to the fact that they're a corporation and they tech, yeah, they technically don't owe this to anybody, but 
I think my feeling was like, I value it when a business can admit like we're running this like a business and the reason we don't want to mm. make more of your shows because like we really just want a lot of people watching it and these things are getting that and like like we realize it's like got critical acclaim but like that's not that's not important to us now it's fine actually for me to hear a corporation say that because you're, you're right right you're not sort of like making it yeah. like well, you lost, like you, you didn't do well enough to, to belong on our, or to do more of that on our service or on our platform. Um, mm -hmm. But instead, I feel like similar to a lot of other tech companies, there's like a slight cult mentality to the way that they operate. Like it's sort of just like mm. convincing people that you're doing, doing something for a certain reason when it's really like, you're still a tech company business, mm. you know, you're not, yes. you're not like a, a friend. Mm. Yes, <laughs> I love that. Right, That's right, a, right. such a huge problem with tech people because there is this mentality that they're like, we're, uh, uh, we are like gentle, creative, sort of like imaginative people <laughs> progressing humankind. It's like, no, you're just a fucking shitty corporation <laughs> like McDonald's. Like, and they're like playing ping pong and they're like, you know, break room. Like, we're going to help humankind, right, Kyle? What are we going to do today to help humans? And it's like, shut the fuck up. You're just trying to buy your next yacht, bro. Like, you don't give a fuck about human. Like, it's like the Elon. Mu I hate all. I know, yeah. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. It's just like, yeah. just, just be honest with me. You don't care about art. Yeah. You don't know what art is. You're a fucking tech nerd. You know? Yeah, right, you watch it, Boss Boss Baby, and you're in your 30s. <laughs> Shut up. But it is scary to <laughs> think like the direction that we're headed in, and uh, for the entertainment industry at large, because the way all of these studios or these companies get funding is through advertising dollars, which is directly related to eyeballs. And the way it's yeah. going, like in 10 years from now, is every everything's just going to be what like a YouTube video? Tiger then, King. like every every movie is <laughs> going to be. A YouTube star, every actor is going to be like a yeah. TikTok star, or if you're not, then you're just like a nepotism, like someone who comes from like a family royalty in Hollywood. But ugh, it's just so gross. It, I just, just it imagined bode like, well. yeah, I imagined like every show when you say like it's all going to be TikTok stars, like, and this is probably like old TikTok, but like, is every show going to be somebody like pointing at words and dancing and <laughs> teaching me about something? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yep, <laughs> right. Dun, right. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you see it happening on YouTube because YouTube, like it's it's autonomous. Like it, 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 it is a somewhat like meritocratic in a way. But all YouTubers, their mm. thumbnail is always that like cringy face where their mouth is open. It's like, <laughs> and like there's so many like colors on yeah. it. They don't. They don't do that. Like from a like creatively, I don't think that's what sparks joy for them. They do that because for whatever reason, <laughs> that's just sparks that's just what joy. gets a lot of views. And if this is happening like at the level of Netflix, is every show just gonna look the same? Is everything just gonna be like I a mean, Stranger Things spinoff? Like, <laughs> oh fuck this. Also, I I think also it's like I don't want to like feel like I'm pointing fingers at the tech company because all they do is give us what gets clicks and we're the ones that are clicking and what i found using i think it's been probably almost 10 years now since i've used netflix i don't know when they came out 
is my brain is so different now. When it first came out, I was literally it was when they were sending the DVDs and I was mm. getting like <laughs> I was getting like rare Lars von Trier made for TV, <laughs> but like he that he made during film school. Like I was getting those shipped to my house and I was like this is amazing. And I was sitting down and fucking watching this three-hour black and white, like, no, nothing's happening movie. Now I'm, like, clicking through everything, watching five seconds, and being like, ah, 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 ah. And, like, I can't watch anything. And it's like, it's so, I, can't, I can't sit here and be like, it's the stupid, shitty tech guy playing ping pong. It's my brain that's also been broken by his company that's fueling this kind of behavior. You know, it's not, it's, it's just, like, all of us fell into this delicious like dopamine click trap and now we can't watch anything except boss baby sorry <laughs> i keep dragging that i can't believe people like boss baby it's so deranged it's so demented it's such a weird it's it's weird and it's weird that he's blonde and blue-eyed in it there i feel like it was a choice a weird yeah choice. for sure i mean if anybody's gonna be a boss it's probably gonna be the blonde blue blue-eyed baby <laughs> <laughs> the voice is Alec Baldwin, I think. It's very unsettling. It's very unsettling that character. Um to, Elizabeth, what do you uh what do you think children get that adults don't? And on the flip side, if there's one piece of advice you'd give to your younger self, what would it be? Um to the first question Honestly, they get so much like they they understand a lot um, to the point where I think like it's it can be embarrassing for adults. <laughs> like, I don't know. I Like I just he, so many kids are just so uh, like super honest about whatever is presented to them, like sometimes loudly. I just say that because sometimes, you know, you'll you'll I have uh, two kids. One of them's five and one of them is eight. And mm-hmm. like. It's something where, like, if you walk into a situation that's weird, like, your kid will notice it right away and probably say something very loudly about questioning it, you know, like, why is that? What What are we supposed to do? What? And I think, like, it's this thing that when kind of, like, I don't know how to put it, but I guess, like, when you have adults that are trying to hide certain things about certain aspects of stuff, like, whether it be, like, right. history, whether it be sort of, like, how you feel about a certain person, it's really hard to hide mm. that in front of children because they're usually pretty perceptive about it. Um, right. Yeah. And I th- I think, like, th- it's they also just, I like, they're funny in this way that's, like, unmatchable. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> there's just ways that, like, kids will describe yeah. things or that they'll make sense out of something that... Like it'll sometimes it'll take me a minute to figure out what one of my kids is talking about. But then when I realize what they're trying to explain that way, it's like it's hilarious in this way that like a a grown up would never be like that. (laughs) Um, What was the second question? I'm sorry. Oh, advice for younger me. Um, I don't know. I thought I I think about that a lot. I mean, one thing would just be like. hey, uh, later in your life, there's going to be this crazy pandemic where people have to stay home and um, load up on toilet paper. And uh, you think you're going to think things will change, but they won't change as much as you think they should have for the amount of shit that people Mm -hmm. just went through. Um, So that's probably the number one thing that's in my brain. Uh, That's what I would Mm -hmm. tell myself. (laughs) Um, That's so real. The less, like, uh, current events thing is just, um, 
Probably I would say just encourage my younger self in the probably the same way that I'm trying to encourage my older self, which is like, Mm. uh, try not to feel so embarrassed about shit that you do. That's like, um, I don't know that in, that maybe in some way feels embarrassing because nobody around you really cares. They kind of are only really focused on themselves and their place and stuff. So like, even if you do that thing, um, you mu- don't hold on to that embarrassment for so long because nobody nobody gave a crap <laughs> that you were doing that. Like, you do whatever you yeah. want, you know? <laughs> that reminds me of don't kill, don't kill the cringy part of yourself. Kill the part that cringes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just qu- I'm literally quoting memes. I'm like, that's, that's who I am now. That's where I get all my information. Five, five second advice, clips though. and memes, baby. <laughs> My brain is has broken. A, my brain is has broken. Minos has Mino said anything that's like broken your brain? As it, no, like, Mino is so something? funny. Mm. Well, when you were saying that, Elizabeth, I'm like, sometimes I'll just like talk to him and I'll be like, everything he says is so funny and interesting, and like, <clears throat> yeah, and he'll like ask me about stuff. But yeah, especially the. I think that the idea that children don't know things or don't understand things is so ridiculous. Like I've like there are ways that you can explain basically anything in the world to a child. And the I I think that people want to think that they won't understand, but like you know like really hard things like racism. People are like you you can't explain that to a child. They can they can very well understand. And they they have eyes. They're seeing the same world that we're seeing. And I think mm. it's just a cop out because they don't, the adults don't want to talk about it, but the kids can already see it. So you have to talk to them about it or else they're going to, they don't have any guidance, you know? Um, but I think that's a great point. I love, I love that. Yeah. It's really hard uh, to frame difficult things. Like I know even when, um, it, it's so, uh, it's like, so my own fault that this happened, but like with, one of the city of ghosts episodes where we go into like internment camps <laughs> um, or we talk oh, wow. about internment camps. Uh, <laughs> at some point I was showing that episode to my kids yeah. and I think I was like, yeah. uh, to my son, like, Hey, um, you know, some of your relatives were in, had to do that. They had to go to camp. And yeah. I think it was because he laughed at uh, something where Maybe it was just like, oh, like some, I think Zelda says like, oh, like summer camp. And then um, he kind of laughed and I was like, it's not funny. (laughs) And then uh, I I had, I was like, I should explain what it is. And he goes, well, what is that? What do you mean? What happened? And I said, like, did, did uh, my, my husband is white. And he was like, did, did Dada's family have to go there? And I'm like, no. Uh, And I was like, um, having a hard time summing up how to explain that because like, honestly, you start realizing it doesn't make any sense. Mm. I don't know how to explain this sad thing that shouldn't have happened, but you can't just kind of say like, it shouldn't have happened. You have to say like, Oh, people put Japanese people into these uh, camps because they thought we were going to do bad things when we it's not us you know I don't know so it was yeah yeah, it was really hard to uh put into words like how to Mm. how to sum that up and especially I think if you were yeah like if you weren't of the mindset that that was a a wrong thing 
to do, yeah, it probably yeah. would be even harder to explain that to a kid. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I brought, the so vi- <laughs> I brought that vibe so, no, so much no. down. <laughs> the vibe is, uh, vibe no, is six feet under. <laughs> vibe no. is catastrophic. I'm just, I'm, I'm just imagining, <laughs> I'm just yeah. imagining your son, I don't know, maybe 10 years from now when he's in high school and he's with his friends and he's like, hey, did your like moms ever, ever give you the talk? And they're like, no. <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, no, I mean like the talk where they explain what internment camps are. Your like, grandfather what? Into yeah. <laughs> you know what's been helpful? Okay, this is me giving parenting advice, which I hate doing because I'm, I'm a failure. Um, but like, this is what it's been really helpful for me. When there's something going on, I try to tie it to behavior, like bad, quote unquote, bad things that happens Mm. at their level, children's level. And there's always an equivalent. Like I was trying to explain Donald Trump because like when he was president, you know, he picked up from people that they all hated him. And they're like, he was like, why? (laughs) So Mm. it was very easy to explain Trump to like a five-year-old, by the way. It was like, you know, that kid in the playground that like nobody likes, but it's because his parents don't like him he mm. sucks it's like it's like that guy became the president like it was uh, i forgot what i said it was something like that <laughs> and he's like that, you know that feeling you get when other kids are mean to you like imagine you grow up and that that's that's who you like that's everyone yeah. treated you like that forever it's like something like that you know what you just said reminds me of a saturday night live sketch written by julio torres and it's called through donald's eyes and it's like oh, the perspective of the that. world through donald trump's eyes but he has like the 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 world view of a five year old. So he wakes up and everyone exactly. he speaks to, they're like Trump, Trump, Trump. Like you are good, the best, Trump. And he's like navigating the White House where everyone's just like inflating his ego like a five year old. That's really <laughs> great. Highly easy. recommend. Very easy to explain Trump to a five year old because they're surrounded <laughs> by little Trumps. Like, yeah, yeah, to a, yeah I, I have someone just like that in my class. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna shift into the second half well not even the second half we still haven't figured out a good name that sticks with the podcast yet but we're gonna hit you with some more questions part two of the podcast number one elizabeth what is something you're loving right now uh i was i since i'm only thinking of like tv shows at the moment i i really liked uh severance the tv show um i don't watch a whole lot of stuff but that i really Mm. identified with uh a lot <laughs> about what's going on in that in that particular show. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll stick with that. <laughs> what other kinds Love of it. stuff uh, are you guys loving? <laughs> oh, I, what are you loving, Brian? I am loving. Okay, so Severance. I've seen the first two episodes of it with my girlfriend, but then we usually will watch uh, you know any TV late at night before bed. But Severance is. It requires so much concentration and I have to be in a particular mood. So we would always be like, do you want to watch Severance? I'm like, ah, I gotta, I don't know if I'm like in the mood to concentrate for an entire hour. And it's <laughs> been like three months since we've last seen it, since we've seen the second episode. So definitely have to revisit it. Um, right now I am loving, gosh, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but I've, I'm, I've been watching this reality TV show. I am part of the problem. I've been watching this reality TV show called The Ultimatum on Netflix and is the most... <gasps> goddamn toxic television show it's like the stanford prison experiment on steroids and (laughs) completely completely mindless 
not learning a single uh, nothing i'm learning nothing new i'm killing brain cells watching it but highly entertaining <laughs> so i've been loving wow. that right now i saw two but episodes it, but i like couldn't get into it i got scared what about you young me what are you loving i don't know i haven't been doing shit i've been doing <laughs> nothing with my brain i've been reading not been watching anything i've just like tried to work and stuff like that um <laughs> i don't know i'm trying to think i've been watching well i've just been watching stuff with mino and um nice i have to say a lot of the kids shows like i said are so boring like they're not just boring for me they're boring for him and i'm like <laughs> i don't know how people can somehow make a good show and sometimes they're bad i don't know i don't know how people think in a way of of a child you know that's interesting to me yeah <laughs> Uh, conversely, what is something you're hating right now? <laughs> I mean, honestly, kind of social media I'm hating because um, it's just a barrage of stuff all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Barrage of feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess just hating this like nonstop kind of chaotic situation that it feels like we're in. Uh, where, yeah, like the news cycle. I guess I'll just sum it up with yeah. that. Like I'm hating the news mm. cycle. Uh it's really hard to like do anything. I don't know. To not just kind of lay there. <laughs> uh, yeah, but trying to trying to like stay less uh, informed. <laughs> I guess like mm. make myself less informed. Uh. <laughs> nice. I think that's yeah. a good goal for all of us. Let's just shut off our I brains. I get caught up in it too. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, okay, so we before we head into our next question, uh, listeners, if you want to hear what Elizabeth is ashamed of, you're going to have to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. This is where our guests get very real and very juicy, but also they drop... This is where if you want to get to the meat of our podcast and learn something, subscribe to Patreon just jump to these episodes. Elizabeth, what is something that you're ashamed of? Oh God! <laughs> oh. Well, I'm I'm glad That's we uh, I'm glad no stone left unturned. I'm glad today. that we got we some learned. good furry talk in there. Um, Elizabeth, I think uh, we're running out of time here. But before we let you go, we like to ask all of our guests this one last question, and that is, what is something that you're proud of? Uh, I'm really proud of. Like, honestly, I'm really proud of City of Ghosts. Like, I didn't have... Mm. And and I, I think my short before that, too, like, Welcome to My Life, that was, like, about my brother, where I feel like I've uh, managed to sort of, like, hone in on this style of making stuff that's really personal to me. Um, mm. And in the end of it, I think I was most proud that, like, the crew that was with me that, like, worked on my show, they seemed to all have a a good time doing it and they wanted to keep doing it. So um, I feel proud that I was able to create like a show that was meaningful, but then also like, uh, I don't know, just that people wanted to keep working with me after it. Cause I think like my fear yeah. was that what if I'm one of those like just egomaniacal creator people that, you know, is un- really unpleasant to work with. Um, mm. Cause there's a lot of those. I mean, there's a lot of people like that out there where yeah. uh, I think, you know, yeah. if you see too much of that, you're kind of like, I don't I don't ever want to be like that. So you get really yeah. um, 
careful about trying to to not emulate the terrible stuff. <laughs> I think right. that's like the narcissist thing where if that if that thought has ever crossed your mind, that means that you are not that. <laughs> <laughs> like if sure. you ever have thought that you are a narcissist you are not a narcissist like you think you're an they're so yeah I, yeah they're so terrible to deal with though right so like i think it's always yes. just that like overwhelming feeling of like good god like that person has no concept that they're that that that's how terrible it is um so yeah right, right. yeah it's never crossed their minds that they are a yeah. horrible person and that's why they're a horrible person <laughs> yeah mm. so can I just well, say one thing? Oh, yeah, I'm really, yeah. I'm so happy Sorry, about the on. show. And congrats on your Peabody, my God. Thank what you. A, what a feat. <laughs> Thank and you Who so cares much. about the stupid tech nerds at Netflix? But I just want to say, <laughs> I did look it up. The thing, the thing that I was talking about in the beginning of the episode, the trials until all, a lot of the, uh, the drug trials, uh, reference mm-hmm. trials that were done before 1993. And before mm. then it was, it wasn't, um, it wasn't like, forced or whatever that they have to do it on women too so they did it mostly on men and one of and this article talks about ambien because they never tested it on women and all the Mm. harmful effects it has because they're they're giving them a dose that's meant for somebody that's you know has a slightly different (laughs) biological like makeup so i was right i told you well, Elizabeth, uh, thank you for, you know, spending the time with us on this podcast and sharing your story. And, you know, I'm really excited to see what, what you have cooking up next. But for our listeners, uh, where can they find you and your work online? Um, so on Twitter, I'm like at, at Kikutown. And then on uh, Instagram, I'm at Ottersnaps. And I'll post, I usually post there regularly when things are going regularly, <laughs> when things are going on. Um I have a website too, but I don't update it as hardly ever. So um, I think like just keeping an ear out for the things that I'm working on. Uh, my next project that is uh, going to be released is a short about um, Mongolian barbecue in the in the Burbank Mall uh-huh. <laughs> that I was really interested oh, in. Awesome. So, nice. Yeah, so I I went and like interviewed the the people that work there and found out about like how they started and stuff because I used to eat there way too often when I worked nearby. Um, nice, but beyond that, it, you'll probably just uh, my my work is pretty recognizable now. <laughs> like, there's a lot of uh, people who kind of figure out that I've worked on something or made something based off of the the vibe of it. <laughs> yeah, amazing the look. <laughs> <laughs> the look, the vibe. You have that signature, which is that, that's a feat in and of itself. <laughs> Thank you. Technically, what all we're all striving for as artists. Uh, <laughs> Youngwe, where can our listeners find you online? Um, on social media, YM Mayor, and then Youngwe Mayor on TikTok. How about you, Brian? Uh, you guys can find me online at It's Brian Park and follow our podcast online at Feeling Asian Podcast uh, on all social media. And uh, once again, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. And if you made it this far into the podcast, you know what time it is. It's time for some Patreon shout outs. It's a little taste of my singing abilities. Just a reward. For you who listen to 98% of this podcast, but just as a reminder, uh, the best way to support this podcast is on Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. Go check it out. Lots of donation tiers. Any donation amount 
at the very least gets you a shout out on this podcast. So what that means is we give you a shout out and then we guess who you are based on your name alone. So let's jump right into it. First shout out for this episode goes out to Minan, Minan, Minan. I apologize if I am butchering your name, but I am getting a very heavy vibe that you really, really love chicken katsu curry. And I'm talking you're eating this three times a week. To the point where you don't even eat it in front of your friends because you're afraid that you'll be made fun of. But live your best life. No shame. You're doing it. I love chicken katsu curry. And if I'm off base, these are just purely going off of my vibe, off of the sense. And I'm all I'm saying is chicken katsu curry. So maybe I'm just craving it and I am projecting that onto you. But in any case, thank you for do- donating to the podcast. Next shout out goes out to Christine Wen. Christine, I f- this name sounds super familiar. I feel like you have attended one of our Zoom hangouts. And for that, we thank you for your service. Uh, Christine, I'm going to guess that you are an illustrator uh, based on your Patreon subscriber AVI. You have a wonderful illustration. And you love thrifting. In fact, you're very good at it. To the point that you are part of the problem of why thrifting is not fun anymore. Because you know the best times to go. You pick all the best pieces. And, you know, that's your skill. But as someone who is notoriously bad at thrifting. uh, In fact, I don't think I've ever picked anything good in my life going thrifting. uh, I'm very jealous. Uh, Next shout out goes out to Nancy Hom. Nancy, 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 you get invited to a lot of potlucks, but here's the key difference. You actually bring the fucking fire when you get invited to the potlucks, okay? I do the cop-out thing. I'm, I'm bringing fruit. I'm bringing drinks, lots of drink. I might combo package it, bring lots of drink and napkins, but... You're, you're bringing stews. You're bringing the fire cake. You're a joy to be around. So thank you. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Uh, next shout out goes out to Heather Monsivice. This group has a lot of names where I am confident that I'm mispronouncing all of them. Heather Monsivice. You are... You're an amazing race car driver you do it all you go really fast in fact i'm going to extend this you are just a diehard thrill seeker so race car driving is a very casual weekend activity but you probably you go you've gone skydiving more than 10 times in your life and those intense like flying squirrel suits and you attach the gopro on your head and you kind of just dart through the sky like a bullet you've done that 40 times heather monsivice keep doing you keep being a badass but the biggest thrill of all is that you support this podcast so thank you uh last shout out for this episode goes out to joanne zayachak 
Oh, well, let's just add one more name where I'm just completely butchering it. So Joanne Zayachuk. Joanne, I am getting an energy that you are... So otters are considered uh, keystone species in their local ecosystem because, you know, they, they, they're necessary to keep the balance of everything. I think they eat a lot of, like, invasive species or i don't know but i just remember that there's that that factoid is burrowed in my brain but you are the great connector in work and in your personal life you are the linchpin of your community you know a new friend moves into town no problem hit up joanne she's got you covered at work i don't know who to turn to no problem Hit up Joanne. She's going to introduce you to the right people. Smooth sailing. You are the great connector of your life. And truly for that, thank you. Because we need more people like you in our world. And thank you for your service. And once again, thank you to all of you who support the podcast. I am sorry that it takes so long for us to get to the shoutouts and to get to your shoutout. But it really does mean a lot. So thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting the podcast. And once again, you can do so at Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. And yeah, I think that's it, everyone. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.